I really believe that there is strategy behind this. Like, it's not just throwing up nice pictures. I've seen a lot of different podcast studios open and close in the last two years, and it makes me sad. And so the big thing is I want people to more so focus on how you offer more than just a recording space. Welcome to another episode of the Podcast Trapper. I'm your host, Anna Gogo, founder of Black Pod Collective, Black Pod Festival, and Adode Media. And I'm super excited for today's conversation. So I see a lot of people, a lot of creatives, a lot of production houses even that are starting and opening podcast studios. And I think this is absolutely amazing. And one of the questions that I get from people is, hey, Anna, can you show me like what you did to open your podcast studio? And here's the truth of the situation. It was a cluster F word. And so with that in mind, it's like, I don't know if I'm the best person who can like walk you through like the ins and outs of how to open a podcast studio. As you know, I did an episode on the cost of opening the studio. And as you've seen, I've made changes to different studios. Like this studio that we're in right now got a complete overhaul. And maybe we need to do an updated podcast studio cost, but there's some exciting changes coming. So we're going to hold off on that. But this week, I want to kind of talk about how I market the studio, because quite frankly, I think Opening a podcast studio is really about finding a studio space, figuring out what equipment you have to need in the space. I know that was a weird way of saying it. And then kind of breaking it down from there. But the marketing aspect, I think, is a little bit more cumbersome. So I'd rather we spend a little bit of time talking about how I market the studio. For anybody who's interested in how to open a studio, what equipment, tools, so on and so forth, please feel free to check out my Amazon storefront, which there's a link to that below. So I literally have a link to app. Absolutely everything from equipment that you see in this studio, from lighting, microphones, switcher boards, all of that, I have that in my Amazon storefront. So feel free to go to that if you're interested in opening your own studio. But this week, I really want to talk about the marketing aspect. And I've actually taken notes because I want to make sure that I give you guys the full breakdown. So first and foremost, when it comes to marketing your podcast studio, I think you really have to think of it in two different ways. One is ads. The other is content. And that's really where I focused on. If you have been listening for some time, you know that when I first opened the studio back in October of 2021, I was also in the midst of planning Black Pod Festival. And it really did impact the business. The reason I say this is that I was not focused on the actual studio itself. I was focused a lot on actually the conference and that took a lot out of me. And I've seen the difference that has made in our marketing, in our bookings, our clients and all of those things. It made a huge difference when I actually did a consorted effort to focus on actually marketing the space. So the way that I've gone about it is looking at it from two aspects, ads versus content. On the ad side, I actually don't do social media ads. I know everybody talks about Facebook ads and how you can make millions of dollars from there. And I probably could, but I don't know how to utilize it. And quite frankly, paying somebody thousands of dollars for them to set up my Facebook ads account, create it, launch it, market it for me. It's just not something that I'm interested in at the time because... Right now, I feel like sometimes people say they can do things, but in actuality, you're not getting the results that you would anticipate. And so instead, I focus more so ads on Hulu Ads Manager, and that's a program that I actually was just accepted into. So we're still kind of testing it out, seeing how it goes. For those who don't have a Hulu account, you know, with Hulu, there's some people who have ads on their account. And so we actually recorded a commercial of me talking about the studio, giving a tour, showcasing some of our work, and it runs on Hulu. 
thus far, we've got about three or four clients from it, and we've only been running it for about a week or two. And so I think that's actually pretty good results. The next things from an ad perspective that I actually focus a lot on is YouTube ads. Now, this I've been doing for the last... Goodness gracious, Matthew, I can't even remember when we did that. I feel like it's been since January we did that YouTube ad. Like, I would say that was since January. So we've been running YouTube ads now since January, and I don't put a ridiculous amount of money. Like, let me be clear. I think I spend anywhere from 5 to $6 a day on YouTube ads, which I know you're probably thinking it can, like, catch up and all these things. Oftentimes, we don't even meet that goal because of the fact that I have it very specialized. We are here in Atlanta, Georgia, so I don't want this ad playing for people in Alaska or Kansas. It is focused specifically around the areas where the studio is at. Now, granted, I've been thinking of expanding it beyond this area and like going into Sandy Springs and a little further in the outskirts. But for right now, I like the work that it's doing. This past week alone, we had about eight people who booked the studio just from those YouTube ads. Now, the thing I like about YouTube ads is they're straightforward and to the point. You record a video, make sure it's high quality, and then you're able to indicate, hey, this is the areas that I wanted to show in. This is the demographic I'm looking at. And this is the type of content that they're searching for on YouTube. And so that I found to be quite effective. And the times that I ran social media ads, so such as Instagram, Facebook, any of those other platforms, I just wasn't seeing those same results. From an ads perspective, we are in the process of launching a LinkedIn ad. So this is not so much for the studio, but as you guys know, we're not only just a podcast studio, we're also a full-service podcast production agency. What this means is we work with people who are not based here in Atlanta to produce their podcasts. This is everything from ideation to finding a host to understanding how to tell that story and engage their audience on camera training. All of those things we can do with people remotely or those here in Atlanta. And we want to work with more business owners. So that is more corporations, more small business owners, more tech firms. I mean, we really want to start working with people in the business sector because the services that we offer are quite unique. And so with that in mind, we are in the process of creating an ad that is specific to LinkedIn. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, before I go into the social media side of it and the content side of it, why did we go these routes? Like, you know, how did we determine that this was the best way? So for me, I believe in segmenting our audience because quite frankly, we do a lot as an organization and as a company. And so with that in mind, that looks like making sure that I'm using specific channels for specific things. Social media is mainly to attract those who are looking to book the studio. So yes, that's the main premise of this video. So we'll talk about that in a second. And so are ads. A lot of these ads are focused on that. But some of our other marketing elements for the business itself has to be focused on the work we do that is not related to the studio. And so we've talked about YouTube ads, Hulu ads. We're going to be breaking over into LinkedIn because that's for the business sector. And we want to start attracting more business owners. Each one of these areas, we've had to create different types of ads. Like, let's be honest, our Hulu ad was much more streamlined. It was showcasing people in the space, whereas our YouTube ads were empty and just a tour of the studio. Our LinkedIn ad is more so focused on the services and it's like a PowerPoint turned into a motion graphic, turned into a video with a talking voice. So there's all of these things that go into um, figuring out what works for your audience. Like, it's not like we're just slapping a one size fits all and putting it across the board. And that's the big advice I have for you. If you know that you are interested in creating a studio, if you have your own podcast and you're like, quite frankly, 
I want a studio and I want to be able to like, you know, get other people to utilize it, but you need it for yourself. Be mindful of who you are attracting to the space. And it matters based off of what type of ads you place. It also matters where your studio is located, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Now let's go right into content. So the other way in which I market the studio is through our content. And so with this in mind, this podcast that you are watching, we repurpose a lot of this content across TikTok, YouTube, as well as Instagram. I find this to be the most effective form of marketing that is not ads placement. Um, the reason for this is they're able to actually showcase not only the studio space and what it looks like, but they can see it in action. They can envision themselves in it, but they can also see our work. Because let's be honest, oftentimes I feel like I go to people's pages and they're showing you the behind the scenes. They're showing you what it looks like to set up, but they're not actually showcasing like what's the finished product when it's edited, once it's done, once it's put out there for the world to see. And this is not just like simple lighting in here. Like everything in here is quite expensive from the equipment to the cameras, to the lighting and everything else in between. So it's been advantageous for us to showcase what that looks like on camera. And so I don't typically choose the same clips for TikTok that I use for Instagram that I use for YouTube. The reason for this is I found that each one of these audiences have a whole different thing that they want. TikTok, they like the salacious. Like if I said something crazy right now, TikTok would be like, oh my God. Like I would need to say, I have no clue that in the studio, not only do we like help you with everything, we do it for free. Like that, oh my God, TikTok, they would be in a whole frenzy because it's like they like to have things to talk about. They like to go back and forth. Instagram, I'm noticing more of that audience, they're perovers. Like they like to just watch. They're kind of creepy, but it's okay. We love you nonetheless. They like to kind of just see what's taking place. So see the setup, see some of the behind the scenes. So our BTS content works really well there. YouTube, on the other hand, baby, they like to argue. They want to be upset about everything. They want to feel like they have it's been an injustice. And I have no clue why, but hey, guess what? If you want it, I got it for you. And so it's also important to know who you are attracting through these different channels. And so the last piece is we utilize Bitly for everything. And so what I mean by this is every link that's in any of our social content has a Bitly. So I'm able to see how many people clicked on it. I'm able to see where they're coming from. I'm able to really track that data to understand how this is working. The same thing for our studio. We ask people, how did you find us? So this is how I know how many bookings came from YouTube, how many discovery calls came from the Hulu ads manager, and really assess it for myself if it's working. The big thing I will tell you is do not be stagnant. You are not a tree. You can move, which means you can make changes. So as you work to open a studio, it's okay to have one vision and have to change that. For example, this studio looked completely different and I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was amazing. I don't know what was wrong with everybody else, but guess what? People were not booking it. So it's one of those things of I could decide that, you know, no, I like it. So other people must like it. Or I may make the decision as I did of, you know what, this is not doing well, but these other two studios are. And this look is kind of in alignment. So let's make that change. And that's the same thing with marketing and opening a studio. And I know for a lot of my audience, you're probably thinking to yourself, Anna, I'm at the point of just trying to figure out how to market my own podcast, which don't worry, I have a podcast episode coming out about that. But at the same token, if you are at that space or one day down the line, you're thinking about how to 
to grow or you want your own space for your podcast, it's okay for you to think through, okay, if I want a space for myself, how can I optimize this and make money off of it? I know somebody who turned their garage into a podcast studio, and I'm not going to lie to you. I could not tell it was a garage. They did that for their own show, but they also marketed it with some of these things that I'm telling you to be able to have people come utilize their space. So the opportunities are endless. And the last thing I will say is around partnerships. And I wouldn't say last thing because it's a three-part thing. The next portion, I guess, is around partnerships. I have worked with and partnered with co-working spaces as well as organizations to host workshops for their audiences. From these workshops, people are not only able to see my expertise, learn a little bit about me, see my personality, but also I'm able to talk about the work that we do here at Adode Media. From that, we get quite a few clients, not in the immediate though. Those tend to be the long game. And I mean, like it may take them three months, but guess what? In those three months when they show up, they show up with the big checks because they've had to actually like allocate funding for it. Like they want it to be a successful project. So I think it's important for your studio for you to understand if you are looking at independent creators versus if you're looking to work with corporations and organizations. My partnership with these co-working spaces leads me to not only for the people who are in their spaces, but it also leads me to organizations that they work with. So overall, I really believe that there is strategy behind this. Like it's not just throwing up nice pictures. I've seen a lot of different podcast studios open and close in the last two years, and it makes me sad. And so the big thing is I want people to more so focus on how you offer more than just a recording space, how you're able to meet the needs of your audience. And that's not just slapping things on peer space and hoping that people find it. It's also having a well-crafted website, partnerships with people who can speak your name in rooms that you're not in. So I hope you guys found this information helpful today and know that if you have any questions about opening a studio or you're like, hey, Anna, you didn't touch on this as far as marketing it, feel free to reach out. If you're looking for the tools and resources I utilize in opening this space, check out my Amazon storefront that's in the link below. I hope you guys found this information helpful. And until next week, you guys have a good one.